Okay, SummerSlam 2023. So something which I don't know if you guys know. Val might know. I don't think Don would. I'm sure M must by this point in our relationship or many, many, many year relationship. I turn on SummerSlam. I fast forward through the men's matches as I want to do. I get to the Shayna Ronda video package. Before they go into the video package, I hear the melodious sounds of Born to be Wild. The classic 60s biker anthem featured an easy rider, the originator of the phrase heavy metal. That classic 60s song that everybody knows by my grandpa's band. Right there on SummerSlam, my grandpa's band. Is this this a real thing? Oh yeah, I guess you didn't know that. I didn't know this! This is blowing my mind right now, actually. (laughs) My grandfather was the keyboardist for Steppenwolf. Oh my gosh, I'm oh, going to tell so my dad. Cool. No, I'm going to tell my dad and he's going to freak out. <laughs> yeah, you can you can check on the Wikipedia page. You can do a little Google search. His uh, birth name was John Goatsby. His stage name was Goldie McJohn. Because John Cave was the lead singer and they couldn't have more than one John in the band. So Goldie McJohn, he had a huge 60s white boy afro when they, <laughs> when they played on the Ed Sullivan show. And, yeah, founding member of the band. Prior to Steppenwolf, he um, jammed a bit with uh, the Super Freak, Rick uh, James. Oh, that's awesome. He was in another band where, like, just, like, he left the band, and then two months later, Neil Young joined. It was, like, one of those Toronto-type bands. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just... That's so cool. It's just funny that I can walk into, like, any record shop in the world and pick up, like a CD or record and be like, hey, look, there he is. <laughs> and now he's part of the wrestling universe. <laughs> now he's part of WWE lore. In addition to, like, Born of Watts featured freaking everywhere. It's in the Rugrats movie, I think. Like, <laughs> and, and that, and it makes me think of that movie from, like, like, what was it? Like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas and, like, from back like, from the 90s literally like wild america born to be wild anyway we don't need to talk about that we can talk about wrestling <laughs> uh, i thought you were going to talk about the jtt movie with tim allen man of the house oh man so good <laughs> i saw that one in theaters i love that one. Oh, wait that's not tim allen that's cherry jace oh apologies listeners they'll forgive you <laughs> SummerSlam, the two women's matches at SummerSlam. Some people thought they were going to get like three or four. Ah, it's like two. Yeah, I got downgraded over time. It's one of the most over people on their roster, Rhea Ripley, apparently did not have a match, which I was surprised by. Or like the, one of the top three men or women in the entire company, Becky Lynch. Becky, Against yes. like arguably the greatest female WWE wrestler of all time. Didn't make it. But they didn't have time for that. No, we'll talk about that later. Um, in the meantime, this is Grin and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. I host this show with M. Fear. 
She's on vacation this week. We have a team of correspondents that we call the Glitterati. Joining us this week, Don Hallowell. And once a Glitterati, always a Glitterati, Valerie Quartz. It's been a while. It's been, I checked my records because I love to check check my records on these things. You did present at the Glitter Bombs last I December. Did. Prior to that, oh, like about a year ago, we did uh, an installment of our old game show, the Newly Tate game. You and me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. But the last time you've been on to talk about wrestling, it's been a while. It's been like a year and a half. Oh, man. How, how time flies. We're so much older and wiser, and I got gray hairs now. I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. Older, wiser, all that. Um, last time I last time I talked to you, I believe you and M still hadn't met in person, and so times are changing. Oh yeah, now we've hung out like twice. I've even met Don. Right? <laughs> it's a wild world out there. Val, of course, the originator, the creator, the the brains behind Daryl Apparel, whom. Drop some names to us. Who have you done some gear for lately? Um, lately, um, Clark Connors, um, of the of the War Dogs and New Japan's Bullet Club. He's my dog for real. Um, and uh, let's see who else have I been working with lately? You know, I'm always just I've always kind of got stuff going for uh, Alley Catch. I did uh, matching sets for her and Effie a few months back, like, you know, mania season, um, dark chic, um, you know, a bunch of people on the indies. I, you know, a, a while back worked very closely with MV and all the people on the poly M cult party shows. Uh, yeah. All right. So you're an expert on gear style looks, which is perfect because the opening women's match on the show was Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like okay can we do we know what they were going with especially Rhonda? do we know where where we were going with with the makeup she never knows where she's going like i it's funny because i don't really watch wwe like normally and i definitely don't watch ronda rousey matches normally but like in all the years that, like, since she's debuted, like, she just, like, really embraced the bad makeup thing. And then it got worse over time. She's like, well, we're just going to smear it all over my face, I guess. Like, at least with Shayna's, it looks like there's a plan. Right. With, with Rhonda's, there it doesn't look like there was, it looks like a, like a five-year-old tried to draw on her face. And my favorite is, like, the minute she started wrestling, like, it, like, like literally like 60 seconds into the match, like most of it is gone. Then she's just got like the red eyebrows. <laughs> it's very funny. It's like sting wrestling in like the early eighties when like the face paint just like starts coming off immediately. Yes. But yeah, her actual gear was, was fine. I appreciated the like nerdy little, like, I mean, of course that, um, I don't know. Sorry, Harley, if I'm like stepping on any prefacing you were going to do, but like how they had the MMA's rules for the match and she had the uh, UFC-esque logo, but with WWE on it. So like, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was cute. But, like, you know, yeah, it was cute. It was, it was a cute thing to do. Have either of you seen Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains? 1982 movie about like a girl, like a proto-riot girl girl group. It's Diane Lane. It's Laura Dern. It's great. 
It's an amazing oh, movie. Wow. If you Google the Fabulous Stains, that's what Rhonda's makeup always makes me think of. And I, part of me is like, maybe she is actually, maybe it is like a purposeful like reference to that movie because that movie, I feel like has crossover with Joan Jett and obviously Rhonda's a Joan Jett fan using her theme music. Or maybe it's just a pure coincidence, but that all that's always what it comes up in my mind is because in this the Fabulous Stains they have that sort of red, eyeshadowy look to them. Yeah, I just looked it up and I can see it, and that's very nice of you to be throwing her a bone like that. Um, but no, it's a, this actually looks a little more purposeful. <laughs> all right, well, don't, rest assured, I am not one to say anything nice about Ronda Rousey. So it's an MMA rules match. Which means uh, it's unsanctioned. There are no rope breaks or pins. As they explicitly say, you can only win via submission or knockout. The the match didn't really end with submission or knockout, but we'll get to that. And, um, unlike an actual MMA match, there are no rounds. Despite it being unsanctioned, there was a referee. You know, all this all this nonsense. Which no matter who does it, whether it's ROH, whether it's whatever, like that it, that kind of stuff always drives me nuts. The video package makes it seem like Rhonda's the baby face. Shayna t- turned on her. Shayna says Rhonda is a toxic relationship, and she's going to give Rhonda's daughter essentially like a lifetime of PTSD. So they really hyped this up hard. Like other than like the daughter stuff, like everything she was saying is like, hmm, that sounds kind of realistic. Um, I don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for here. And the crowd seemed pretty quiet during this one. I don't think they were firmly behind either woman. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I felt that way too. I, I mean, all of us kind of went into this, like, okay, maybe you haven't watched, like, the storyline building up to this, but, so maybe that's why I kind of feel like, wait, who am I supposed to be rooting for? But it did seem like that was the general feel in the crowd as well. An MMA rules match is just a weird decision to make for like a WWE pay-per-view because WWE has conditioned us as an audience for like 40 years now to say that like that shit's boring. <laughs> like we don't want to see technical wrestling. We don't want to see people like rolling around on the mad dude submission moves. We want to see like big boot leg drop hand to the ear. We want to see like the cock your arm like it's a gun and jump up and punch somebody <laughs> sort of thing right like so it's a weird decision for them to i mean you get it because like that's their background and right more than anything i guess more than sports entertainment the the higher precedent in wwe is cashing in on celebrity anywhere we can yeah like i've never really been like a huge fan of like the acting like it's a shoot fight in wrestling because you know like if I wanted to watch a shoot fight, I'd watch a shoot fight, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, again, yeah, I get what they're going for. And, uh, it's fun to, it's, it's always fun to try something different, but, um, it was funny, like, you know, the way that the match started and how the ref starts off like, Oh, do you guys understand the rules? Like when he's clearly explaining the rules for all of, the WWE universe where we're just like, no, we don't understand the rules. And I kind of felt that way the whole time watching. I was like, wait, does this happen in MMA? Like what if this is that like 
line between what is wrestling and what is an MMA match actually like was really funny, especially like when they did the little bit where like they had like the medics come in to check um, on Shayna, was it, I believe? And yeah, I'm like, I thought this was unsanctioned. Why are there like, why are there <laughs> me- doctors here? <laughs> um, but then, oh, and I can't. I, I cannot believe, like, I, I, I can't remember who it was that they were checking on, if it was Shayna or Rhonda, but then the uh, other person just, like, grabs the medic and throws them off. I'm like, does this happen in MMA? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Out of curiosity, I looked up, like, Rhonda's UFC record. And, you know, in an MMA match, typically, like, you look up Rhonda's record every like of the 12 matches she had like nine of them ended in 43 seconds that's how mma matches often go right you know it's like it's over in like a minute so when this drags on it's like five minutes six minutes that stretches the credibility as well yeah i guess so yeah i uh... I guess the story is you know like they train together so like shana knows her better than anybody else or you know and like i guess the 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 good things about it were like Shayna's like Shayna's kicks looked awesome. Like at one point it looked like she really like connected in the head and it like that did that like high kick. And that was really cool. Yeah. She does like a roundhouse kick early yes. on in the match, which is really nice. Yeah. Rhonda had some like bruises on her thighs that like were probably from before the match, but it like looked from like where Shayna had been kicking and like, that was super cool. I did enjoy that. Yeah. I think Shayna's strikes are really good yeah so from what i've read online not following the week to week it sounds like ronda's gonna be either taking time off again or done with wwe altogether and so they they had been requesting this match for a while because they're such good friends in real life and you know they wanted to show off what they could do so the decision to put basil over strong here makes sense presumably Again, I don't watch week to week, so I don't know. I don't know who's already faced each other, who's already feuded or anything. But you'd think like, well, okay, well, Baszler's a strong heel now, so that's something for Bianca to occupy herself with or Charlotte, I guess. Um, since we have a new heel champ, I believe. Yeah, we would have two heel champs right now, I guess. I don't. I don't. Know what? I don't even think the people that watch regularly know what Rhea really is. <laughs> <laughs> because like everyone loves everyone in the um, Judgment Day except Tom. There, there was this cute little um, video that I watched yep. where like of this. Did you see the one with the little I, boy? I immediately and knew he's, what you were like, going to talk pushing about. Pushing yeah. Dom away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pushing him away from Rhea. Like, no, you don't need to be near her. I can take my picture with her. You don't need to be near her. <laughs> like, it was very... Which is like, I feel that's how everyone feels. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I forgot that there was a brand split. That's still a thing. It looks like Sheena is. On Raw, which I assume Bianca and Oscar and Charlotte are as well, right? Who's the SmackDown Women's Champion then? Is that Rhea? Horribly, horribly ill-prepared for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll assume it is. My thing with this match was they spent all the intro, all the entrances, really hyping up Ronda Rousey has never tapped out in WWE before, really making it seem like, well... And then they say... You can only win via submission or knockout. So it's like, okay, so that's the story. If Shane is going to win here, 
either she's going to knock Ronda out cold or, you know, with like a, a kick or something like that or a strike mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Ronda's going to tap out for the first time ever. She never tapped out to the disarmor, even though she should have multiple occasions. She's never mm-hmm. tapped out. This is going to be the time. And instead, they do the like, oh, she passed out. The referee calls it finish. And I'm like, no, that is. That's not that's uh, that's a cheap. That's a cheat. That's a shortcut. That's not what you promised. Totally. Yeah. If it, I mean, if if Okada can tap out to Brian Danielson, uh, then Ronda Rousey can certainly tap out. OK, <laughs> her best friend. And she's presumably leaving. Like, what, you know, why do why do we need to keep protecting her? Absolutely. I agree. But she's got that Hogan stroke where she can just say whatever happens, happens. So true. All right. Well, that match happened. We all love Shayna, I think. Also, quick, quick shout out, by the way, when I saw when I saw Shayna and her gear, I was like, I was like, oh, it looks a lot like the gear I just did for Dark Sheik a few months ago, like the monstrous one with the uh with the eye, the red eye on it. So I just thought that was kind of funny and cool that she did it first. But uh, I, I did have the thought of, of, oh, no, now there's going to be people who are like, oh, yeah, your gear's kind of like that Shayna Baszler stuff. <laughs> it's like, no, this was here first. But I thought that was interesting. Well, our second and final women's match on the show was a triple threat for the WWE Women's Championship. They rebranded the titles, apparently, sometime in the recent history. So instead of the Raw Championship and the SmackDown Championship with the tacky red and blue, it's now the WWE Women's Championship and the WWE Women's World Championship. That's not that's not confusing at all. <laughs> it was... Come on, it was. it's one of the big two... WWE pay-per-views, it's a triple threat, the women's title's on the line, you know Charlotte's going to be one of those three, because really for the last five or six years, the title pictures have pretty much exclusively been the four horsewomen, Asuka and Bianca. You get guest appearances here and there, like I think Carmella might have held the title at one point, or Liv Morgan, but it's really brief usually, and then by the time we come back around to like Mania season or SummerSlam season, they're out of the picture and it's back to being... Becky or Charlotte or Bailey or some sort of combination of that. Yeah, one of those big five is having the belts at, at the big pay-per-view. And, like, the other ones are typically going to be involved in the match. This time around, it was Asuka defending the Women's Championship. She beat Bianca for the title in Saudi Arabia in May. And so we got former champ versus current champ versus 14-time Women's champion. Which is insane that she is in her 30s at 14 times. Like She's only been wrestling like 10 years. I think her dad held it, held the championship like... like. I think they say 16, 16? officially. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, oh, she's already almost there, I guess. And he probably wrestled like 30 years to get to that 16. <laughs> In the video package, she says, uh, I'm going to become a 15-time champion. And at first, I was like, she say a 50-time champion? Because it's possible. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Anyway, Val Quartz with the gear check. Charlotte in red. Blue, she's, I loved it. She's the blue the blue queen. Was she out here in this red outfit? It, it looked stunning. It 
really packed a punch because I, you know, I'm so used to, like you said, her, like, here being in, it, like, the Queen of Blue. And, like, she usually does use those tones as well with, like, you know, kind of, I think of, like, you know, her, like, peacock look and all that. Uh, but, yeah, okay, no, it was so gear very... girl, I have to ask you, did, did we have a couple gear slip-ups in the show? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was, like, 100%. I, I, there's, I didn't see the first one, but I definitely heard about it. But I, I definitely noticed um the ref, um it looks yes. like the ref was zipping up Charlotte. Yeah, and they quickly cut to a shot of Oscar and Bianca, who were just sitting in the corner not doing anything. <laughs> I have to say those moments are so good for my imposter syndrome. I'm just like, okay, it happens. Like, it's just a, it's a thing that happens. Cause you know, that's my greatest fear. Like what if something I make somebody, you know, doesn't work well, but um, yeah, zippers are just like, like uh, they're difficult. They're like, I, I know that, uh, you know, Nyla Rose, how she has like the zip up up the front and that, that'll pop sometimes. So it's a, uh, they're scary to, to include in a where, in a place that you like really need the structure. Especially like, how, would, how do you do that? Cause you want it to be tight, mm-hmm. but you want her to be able to, you know, like move freely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's tough. It's a fine line. And like part of what made some of the gear look so good, like was, um, on her, like on her, like pants, how she just had all these really cool cutouts and things that kind of like almost looked like like a sort of like fancy, sexy, like chaps or something like that. And it's beautiful because it's all so snug. But like because if you make it loose enough, you want movement. But if you make it loose enough, it doesn't hold that like really beautiful shape and making all the shapes and cutouts that you want. But then, yeah, you do it too tight and you got busted zippers and busted seams. And so it's a it's a fine line. She looked cool, though. <laughs> I thought everyone in this match looked really cool. <laughs> Every single, yeah. Like, Except, Asuka always looks amazing. She does, and her makeup like, keeps her getting... Fa- like, talk about the opposite of face paint of Rhonda. Her <laughs> face paint always looks totally cool. I do have to say that Bianca's gear, she always looks amazing, and I love that she so often makes her own gear. But Bianca's gear, when she came out, I'm like, oh, no, it just made me think of Logan Paul's gear. <laughs> Oh yeah, like they're on like they're on the same football team or something. Oh, I was thinking more dark sheet caution. Oh, that is, I mean that's a better thing to think of. I guess uh, I actually so I didn't uh I, I I didn't skip through the matches. I did watch most of the show, so I had just seen uh Logan Paul's match and then when she came out I was like, Oh, they look like they could be in a tag team and I don't want that. But <laughs> But she looked amazing. I loved all the gold. Her her braid, like the jewels between her braids, ugh, gorgeous. Oh yeah, the jewels on the braids looked amazing. So it's a triple threat match. That means no disqualification in WWE's universe. Anything goes. Luckily, we didn't we didn't get a, a ton of that. We didn't have like table spots or people interfering during the match. It was just a straight-up three-way dance between the the women. I don't have a ton to say about this match, honestly. Oh, I do. <laughs> I just thought it was a great, great straightforward match. Um, I, I freaking love the ending. Yes, um, I had goosebumps but, at the end. <laughs> but I'll let Val go through her thoughts on it before we get to the ending. Yeah, no, I mean, just overall, I, it's it's mostly just, like, I, 
felt so excited watching it. Like, it's so cool when I do come back to these WWE women's matches. Like, they like they deliver. They are so good at what they do. Like, I'm not a huge Charlotte person, but she is just so polished. Uh, she just always looks so strong. I loved that it was a three-way match in every sense of the word. It wasn't like two people kind of wrestling. Someone's like, oh, no, they got through, thrown to the outside. Like, they were, like, doing so many, like, double pins. And, like, I – there were so many moves where they were playing with, like, well, what can we do if we're all working together and actually all wrestling each other at the same time? And I was I was pumped. I thought it was great. Yeah, that was the one thing I really did have in my notes is most WWE triple threat matches are this person takes a drop kick, rolls to the outside, and stays there for six minutes. Mm-hmm. Then they come in, somebody else takes a powder for four minutes. You rarely see this many th- of three people in the ring at the same time fighting at the same time. So I really appreciated that. That was a nice change of pace from the typical formula. And all yes, three let's, women let's were talk- both strong. Yeah. You know, like, you saw, like, Literally, um, Bianca and Charlotte showing that they're powerhouses, and um, Asuka just being a maniac. <laughs> and yes, let's talk about let's talk about the pin, please. I want to say it kind of reminded me of like a move you would you would see like Speedball doing, or like something like that that he would come up with, or something like that. Just like. The finish being in the um, what do they the figure eight? Is that what they yes, call it? The figure four, yes. Well, yeah, the fig, she didn't she didn't bridge in this one, right? No, you're right, you're right. Because the previous one I thought was really awesome too, when she had bridged, and then what Bianca did like uh, um, yes. 360 or whatever onto the bridge, Charlotte. That was crazy. And and like you said, so like you, you just admire the skill of both of them, the way it's all timed and Charlotte, like let the bridge down at the perfect time that you're not worried that somebody just actually broke their back or something. It just looked amazing. Because it's literally like the three best in the world. At what yes. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, what the ending she had the figure four on. On Bianca. Asuka returns to mist Charlotte in the face. And then she tries to steal the pin on the on Bianca since Charlotte can't see. But Bianca rolls her up while still being in the figure four. While still in the submission. So then Charlotte can't break up the pin because she's still locked in it. Yeah, I can't see what's going on anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that too, that too. Which I also like to think about from Charlotte's point of view at that moment. Like, you're upside down, and then all of a sudden you just see this clown face coming at you, spitting in your face. Like, I wonder if she has any actual nightmares about that. <laughs> and then, like, you you think you're winning. You have, like, the figure four locked in, and, you know, you think you're doing great, and then the bell rings. Did she think she won? You know? <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, Bianca did such a good job selling her injury. Like to, when she when she got thrown out and she hit the and she hit the stairs and you hear that sound and then she starts like 
making like these like sobbing noises and faces mm-hmm. and, like the crowd does a standing ovation while she's leaving like she actually got injured her selling like it was it was just all so dramatic and so good and then whenever she um i forget who she picked up but she picked someone up to like give them her, you know her finisher yeah. and she was you know hobbling on that one leg yeah. Because I'm like, is she gonna? Is she gonna? Is she gonna forget to sell? But no, she did oh. not. <laughs> yeah, no, I. It's funny because like I actually, um, like I watched this with some friends yesterday, and um, my friend was like, you know, grilling and making burgers, and like called for my help at some point. So I did actually miss the end of the match, and I went back and watched it today. And so I had already known that EO cashed in at the end, but I was so caught up in like in watching it today for the second time and seeing the second half for the first time. Um, I was so caught up in all the drama of it. I completely forgot that happened. So like, you know, with that big dramatic finish and I'm again, I had like goosebumps. I'm like, Oh my God, that was amazing. And then you hear EO's music hit. And I was like, Oh no, I knew this happened. And I still like forgot. Cause I was just so in this moment and just like the added drama to it, even kind of subconsciously knowing that was coming was just like, I was very impressed. I, I had that. I just had so much fun watching it, which I cannot say for all WWE stuff or a lot of like, you know, I watch a lot of AEW and I definitely can't virtually say that for a lot of the, you know, women's stuff there. So I was just like, Oh, this is so nice to like, watch people like these talented women get to like do what they do best. It's so thrilling. It was, it was pretty much what you want in a match. All three, all three came out looking great, you know, told an awesome story. Um, Athletic as heck, everybody, you know, like, yeah. Now, Harley, did you, did you know that there was a money in the bank that could have been cashed? Okay, so I watched the show, I watched these matches this afternoon after having everything spoiled for me on Twitter this morning. So it wasn't as shocking, you know, like, I, same thing, I went in going like, oh, like, first thing I see on Twitter this morning is somebody being like, congrats to EO for ca- cashing in, and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is, that's that's where we stand. Now, it looks to my research that the women in this match are all on SmackDown, yeah, and EO is as well. Okay, so they're all on SmackDown. I guess Rhea and Shayna are over on Raw. EO won the Money in the Bank a month ago at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I'm so checked out with Raw and SmackDown. You know, if you told me that EO is a former, like, two-time Raw Women's Champion, I'd, I'd believe you, right? Because right. Because everybody on WWE is, like, a, a former champion of some sort. You know, they've got, like... She's a former two-time Glitter Bombs champion, isn't she? That's true. Tied with Eos Rio for the record. <laughs> so Eos Miss Money in the Bank. She's never held gold, singles gold on the main roster. I'm pretty sure she held tag gold with Kairi Sane, Kairi Hojo. She had belts in um, NXT though, right? Yeah, she held the NXT Women's Championship. She's a part of Damage Control with Bailey and Dakota Kai. Dakota's out injured right now, so. Yeah, they held the tag buttons, too. True. Yes. Recently. So Bianca wins the triple threat, capturing the Women's Championship. 20 minutes and 45 seconds. Longest women's match in the history of SummerSlam. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I mean, it didn't seem long. 
No, it didn't. It definitely didn't seem as long as the Logan Paul match. <laughs> <laughs> Which seemed like it lasted forever. <laughs> so Bianca's celebrating. EO and Bailey come running down the aisle with the briefcase. They clock Asuka. They clock Charlotte. They're out of action. They jump in the ring. EO takes her briefcase. She smacks Belair in the bad knee. Smacks her in I the face. I love that touch. I love the touch that she went straight for the knee. Yes. Hands it to the referee, and they ring the bell. Now, as I said, I do. I'm not been a faithful WWE watcher in many a year. But the one thing I distinctly remember about the Money in the Bank rules is the champion needs to be on their feet and like ready to go for the bell to ring. Oh no, they did, yeah, they did away with that for years. Ago. I was gonna say I don't I don't remember that rule because <laughs> I think whenever um, Daniel Bryan cashed in on like Big Show, he was he was definitely laying on the ground. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the way I. That's the way I, they did it for a long period, at least. Is the heel would still jump the guy from behind after a hard-fought match and beat him down, but then the ref would separate them, wait for the wait for both points to be on their feet, then ring the bell, and then you knock him out and, and steal their pin. But in this case, no. Io is down, or uh, sorry, Bianca's down. Io goes to the top rope, moonsault, and new champ in like five seconds. Yep, and um. Yeah, she deserves it. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I thought it was cool that, like, everyone came out and celebrate. you know, we got the um, damage control back together, celebrated with her. You know, I thought it was a really cool moment for her, um, even though she was the, you know, she's a heel or whatever you want to call her. Um, the crowd loved it. Yeah, we get, we get these shots of, like, everybody in the crowd cheering and applauding. I'm like, these three heels just attacked like our beloved baby face after a hard fought match, hit her with a briefcase, stole the title in three seconds. And like every, everybody loves it. It very much just had the energy of like, you know, the, Oh, I just want everyone to have a good time. Cause like everyone was cheering a whole match. Everyone's like, yeah, Bianca, that rules. Like, Oh, EO just smacked her and took it from her. That also rules. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hashtag moments. I just have fun. So, yes, EO gets to be the champ. The question, of course, going forward, as we said, is will she be in the Liv Morgan, Carmella sort of uh, status where it'll be a brief run, but by the time we get to the Royal Rumble WrestleMania, Ted will be back on one of our main featured cast members? Or will this be the start of her climbing into the echelon as well and doing the, the thing that, you know, only Bianca has been really been able to do in the last four years. And that's like become like a real certified main event woman. Well, I guess Rhea too. Yeah, I would say so. Even, even after this show. <laughs> well, no, you're, you're so, you're so right, Harley. Actually, we're like, yeah, no Rhea too. And it's like, well, where was Rhea? She kind of on. appeared for like a second somewhere. <laughs> okay. So what did you think of Rhea's haircut? Um, I think it's cute. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he switches up the look a lot. I like that though. I, you know what? That's that's a better answer. I like when people just like switch it up. It's like good for you, but it, it's it's fine. Rhea Ripley, first women's champion to not wrestle at SummerSlam since 2012. Oh wow. 
Yeah, 11 years since the champ, or one of the champs, hasn't wrestled at the, the big show. And she wasn't even, like, it wasn't like her match got cut. Like the like the Becky did, apparently match apparently got cut. Like she never really had a match to begin with. I don't think. No, in the women's division, she's being booked like Super China, right? Like she's just like squashing Natalia in like thirty seconds, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's like yeah, but that's she... like once every two months, and then the rest of the time she's just a valet. For Dominic Mysterio yeah. or for Finn Balor. I, yeah, I would put her more as, like, a China than, like, a valet, though. You know, because Dom's hiding behind her. <laughs> she's, she's, I think she's on par with everyone else in that crew. I don't think, like, there's really a hierarchy there. Except I do see what Harley means, more. though. Yeah I, I, yeah, I do see what Harley means, though, that, like, a lot of time that I see her, and I... To be fair, I don't watch regularly, but like that, I'll see things like being gift and all that. It is her ringside. Like, so her presence is very strong, but like, yeah, I mean, definitely case in point that it's just like, oh, yeah, she didn't have her own match on the show. So I don't know. Hopefully they've got better, stronger plans for her soon. I don't know. Now, are we thinking that, um, Bailey's just gonna the inevitable is gonna happen and Bailey's just gonna turn on you. I mean that's the assumption, <laughs> right? That's what you know. You see them all come out and, and celebrating together. I'm like, oh, this is nice for two seconds. Like, are we gonna give it like a week, maybe two weeks? I mean, Eo is a, is perfect to be a babyface, right? With her move set, with everything else, like you could see people de- desperately wanted to cheer her. So yeah, they they and we know Vince loves breaking up stables. Like, how many times do they put they put tape teams together just so they can break them up later? That's like one of their biggest stories that they love going back to. So you have Bailey and maybe Bailey and Dakota both turn on her and kick her out, and then yeah, then she's got to run through Dakota at one of the fall pay per views before taking on Bailey at Royal Rumble or something like that, right? Yeah, I would assume by the time it gets to Mania, it's probably on Bailey. Bailey defending against Charlotte or something. Becky Lynch. Or Becky or or Bianca. Or Rhea. (laughs) Well, and then the other match that uh, didn't happen, but I guess it's going to happen on Raw in a couple weeks. Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. They've been building this feud since WrestleMania. Again, from what I've gathered from social media, this has gotten like this feud is is meatier than the other feuds that we've seen on this show. Like it's it's more ongoing. You've got a clear baby face that everybody loves. You've got a clear heel with a little henchman, Zoe Stark. We've got, you know, the, one of the greatest women of this generation versus one of the greatest women of like you know 15, 20 years ago. I like um. I like Zoe Stark with her, and I like introducing a wrestler that way. You know, like having a very, very established wrestler, and then them kind of like having the new wrestler as like their henchman or like someone to like do their dirty work or whatever. I think that's a really great way to um to bring someone in the fold. Yeah, everything seems to be clicking. 
with this storyline, <laughs> with this feud. You've got the heel, you got the baby face, you got like two legends, generations, you know, like they could be selling this. They could have made this like the number two match on the show, the number if they wanted. They could have been pushing this the way that they pushed Cena versus Rock or Rock versus Hogan. Because it's for the women's division it it, it is. You know? Trish Stratus is for the women's division what the Rock was. And Becky Lynch is for the women's division what John Cena was. They could have told Cody Rhodes, okay, maybe don't kiss every baby and shake every hand on your entrance down, and then they would have had time for the match. They could have done uh, the Roman Reigns match in 25 minutes instead of 37 minutes. (laughs) Right. They could have put the Battle Royal on the pre-show since there were no matches on the pre-show, and it's a Battle Royal with nothing at stake. It's not not even a number one contenders match. It's just nothing. It was, uh, oh, oh, crap, we need to get L.A. Knight on this show. Because yes. And plug some, some, and sell some Slim Jims. <laughs> yeah, so instead it's going to happen on TV in a couple of weeks. It's going to happen in, I think they said, Winnipeg, Manitoba, which, again, it's like, I heard, I've seen people online say, like, oh, well, they want to do it like in Canada because, because it's Trish. And it's like, but she's the heel. Yeah, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. So you should not be doing it in a home country where, like, encouraging fans to cheer for her. You know, that's not that's not the point. Yeah, and, like, taking it off of SummerSlam is just, so, like, anything else is going to be a downgrade. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, the only, yeah, I don't know. I mean, okay, so they put, them on, they put it on Raw. They put it in the main event slot. They give them, like, half an hour, plus, like, 15 minutes of video packages and people talking about it beforehand. Does that make good? Does that make it feel like as big of a deal? Or is it still just like, well, no, it's weekly TV and like not as many people watch that? I'm I, think, yeah. I think if you make it a big deal in the weeks going up to it, it could be. But if it's just like, oh, you know, we're going to make it a big deal this day because it's the main event for this day, then it just feels like another TV main event. Yeah, because people go back and watch like old SummerSlams and old Royal Rumbles in a way that they don't go back and watch old episodes of Raw from August 21st, right? People talk about, like, SummerSlam 2007. They're not talking about, oh, remember Raw from August 12th, 2009? Great episode. Okay, so now I have to ask Yins a question. So we got two Josie champions this week in the two top... American promotions. Mm-hmm. Does that would you would you think that does that mean anything or just coincidence? I hope it means something. I mean, <laughs> I, it's definitely exciting for me. I was surprised uh, when they put the title back on Hikaru Shida. Like she, she absolutely deserves it, and I love that. But I hadn't expected that to happen. And you know, when AW got started one of the things i was most excited for was all the joshi presence which to be fair the pandemic really threw a wrench in that but like that's been over for a while so you know as far as like infecting wrestling so i i don't know it would be super cool if we're starting to actually get to see more joshi wrestling front and center it's always cool when somebody who doesn't fit the typical mold gets a shot with the top title right whether it's someone like bianca belair who historically black women not greatly represented in wwe or other promotions 
or someone like Shida and Yosuke, where so often, especially in WWE, they you know they got their little checklist and they're like, if this person can't do a 10-minute talking segment, a 10-minute promo, or like a fake in, like you know, on one of their many many talk show segments, then they're not qualified to hold the belt. And obviously, you know, Io and and Shida, they're not going to come out there and do like a 15-minute English language promo. That's just not where they're at in their lives right now, and that's fine. So it's cool that they're willing to give them the ball anyway, because they because they they rate so highly in every other box that it makes up for it. And I think Oscar helped a lot in breaking that mold in the WWE because yeah. with with men or women. Um, I think that's what held held back a lot of Japanese wrestlers. Um, whereas, you know, oh, we can't put them over because they can't do a promo or whatever. And all Asuka has to do is scream a couple words, make some faces, and her promo's over because she's awesome. <laughs> and they used subtitles on the video package prior to this match with Asuka. They had some subtitles on the screen for her. I know they've done, AEW has done that for Sheeta as well. So you can definitely make use of that, especially in pre-taped segments. It's WWE, they got a pay-per-view every month. Uh, I'm not sure what the next one is. I'm not watching. No offense. Survivor Series is I, the next... I'm not either. The next big, big one is going to be Survivor Series in November. We got Io Sky as the women's champion. We got Rhea Ripley as the women's world champion. And they got tape titles, right? I was going to say, quick, name the tag title. I want to say it's Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, maybe? Um, I feel like they have tag titles. I'm fairly confident. Okay. I'm fairly confident that tag titles exist. I just I don't know who holds them. <laughs> they are not getting on the they are not getting on SummerSlam. They're not getting on the pre-show to SummerSlam. So. Yeah, Chelsea Green and Sonya. Okay. Ah, good job. Good on them. And that's it. That's the shape of WWE for now. We haven't had any big call-ups in a while, eh, Dawn? Like, on the women's side? Who left NXT? Other than, like, Zoe Stark and that. Um, Zoe Stark, um... No, not much. No, um... Mm-mm. No, not recently, no. Everyone's kind of stayed put. Yeah. Um, oh, they brought up a couple tag teams, yeah. right? Uh, Chance and Carter and... Okay. Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn came up, I think, but they're mm-hmm. they're not being featured in like the singles picture. They're not, like they're not and they're not going after the the, either the singles championships. No. Well, that's it. That's WWE Watch. We check in with WWE like once or twice a year, so we'll catch you again at the Royal Rumble in January. When who knows? Maybe they'll do something crazy. Maybe it'll be Roxanne Perez winning the Royal Rumble and challenging EO Sky WrestleMania. Or maybe it'll be Charlotte winning her 17th women's title. It'll, it'll be like the 20th by then. Yeah, it'll be a triple threat match with Charlotte and Ronda and insert your favorite here. That's our show. As always, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Grit Glitter Pod. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash gritglitterpod. $1 a month gets you a weekly newsletter written by your pals in the Glitterati. $5 a month gets you old episodes of Grit and Glitter. 
from the glory days when Val Quartz was a full-time correspondent on this show, as well as bonus podcasts like M&Me, traipsing through the history of women in WWE. We've made it all the way up to the summer of 1993, only another 30 years to go. You can also support Daryl Apparel on Patreon. Isn't that right? Uh, no more Patreon. Um, actually, now we're just, uh, I just have TikTok now. And so the kind of stuff I was putting on Patreon, you can just get it for free on TikTok. So go check that out. Daryl Apparel. But can they give you money if they want? Yeah, they can give me money. I have a website, DarylApparel.com, and you can uh, go to the contact me page, and there's a little place where you can tip me. So, yeah, buy me a buy me a LaCroix. I was going to say a beer, but I've just been drinking a lot of LaCroix lately. <laughs> Next week on the show, Don's going to be back. Don and M are chatting with Rosie the Ref and Nick's Wild. Don, tell us a little bit about this interview. Um, yeah, it was just a really fun time. Both of them are students from MV Young School in um, New Kensington, right outside of Pittsburgh. School is T2T Pittsburgh. Um, the promotion is um, 880. That Nix is a um, partner with Tatiana. They have a really fun tag team there. And um, Rosie has been um, refing for 880. She's also done some work for Unsanctioned Pro, Paradigm, and Enjoy. So just had a really good time talking to both of them. I'm working on gear for Tatiana next week. Like, why why you listen to the episode? (laughs) 